ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Deep Dive with Ian K. I'm E. I'm K. Thank you for joining us today for a brand new episode. And before we get started with this episode, we just want to say thank you so much to all of you for tuning in to not only episode one of the Deep Dive, but also episode two. We greatly appreciate it. We appreciate all of your support. We appreciate you subscribing, liking, commenting, sharing with family, friends, whoever else that you want to share with. We really do appreciate it. Um, continue to show that love. As always, we love you so much. Absolutely. So today's topic is navigating adult friendships. I know, right? It's a good one. So ladies, gentlemen, whoever's watching, um, grab your glass as always. Yes. Yes. Cheers. Get comfortable and let's get started. So as Esther mentioned, this episode is about navigating adult friendships. And with that, with that being said, we wanted to pose a question. What makes a strong and long-lasting friendship? We're going to dive into that a little bit more. So throughout our life, we've had multiple experiences, not just us, but I'm sure all of you as well, um, of many friendships from childhood to adulthood. So we just wanted to take this time to dig a little bit deeper into those friendships and experiences um, and talk about how we navigated through them. And one thing that we've learned for sure in navigating through adult friendships is that um, friendships require hard work. It's not an easy task. Um, Maybe as a child, I know for me personally, as like a child, like it was more shallow friendships. Like, oh, that's my bestie. That's my this. That's my that. But like, you know, you're like what? In what? Elementary school. So everybody's your friend. The whole class is your friend. So it's a little more shallow, but I feel like as you grow older and you create more bonds, you realize that you can't put in the same superficial work that you put in in elementary school. You actually have to like be consistent and like try mm-hmm. as hard as you can to call the person or to check up on the person or to hang out or to inquire or to, you know, whatever it is, communicate, like, you know, spend time together, all of that stuff. Like you have to do so much more than you could have done in elementary school. Cause I remember going like, summers and weeks and weeks without talking to people and then we get back to school and it's like hey girl hey bestie and it's like girl i haven't seen you since june of last school year but you didn't have to we didn't have to put in as much work at least i didn't have to put in as much work but now that i'm navigating um adult friendships um there's definitely a lot more work needs to put in what about you is there no i mean you're right i i know for me like literally in elementary school, the requirement to become friends was we sat next to each other. <laughs> right. That's true. Especially or we in high school. Put, yeah, or we played on the playground together. Like there really wasn't um much more to it. It's just like you saw the same people every day. And even when you call somebody your best friend, there really wasn't any pressure. It was just like you know, we sit together in the cafeteria, um, you know, we just talk doing school and that was really it but you know I think the hardest friendships have been for me have been in my 20s like that that's the most work I've had to do to really be intentional Mm -hmm. and attentive and do work to really make it work is in my 20s yeah that is so true same here like and I'm sure that's for everyone else too like that has been the most, even if it's just one friend and it's not like um, like more than one friend, it, like you and that one person you call your bestie, like you started to put in a lot of work to maintain that status of best friend 
ship or whatever, best friendness, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, but what we've also like uncovered in that is that just from our experience, again, there are other ways that, you know, a strong friendship can be built and a strong lasting friendship can happen. But what we found is that three, there are like three top important things that a friendship needs just to survive. And the first thing is positivity. The next thing is consistency. And then the last thing is vulnerability. Mm. I would add, right, I would add to vulnerability slash communication because it's very important not just Absolutely. to, you know, right, not only just to be vulnerable with, with somebody, but to, with the consistency, like, consistently communicate. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think those are definitely the key things that you have to do um, to make a friendship last. And because, I mean, at the end of the day, friendship, relationship, parentship, whatever ship you're working on, mm -hmm. you do have to be super intentional and you do have to do work to make it last. Like we, especially as an adult, because life gets hectic and there's so many things going on, but if you claim to care for somebody or you really want to have a lasting friendship with somebody, you have to put in the work. It's just that simple. There's no way to look like, there's no other way to say it, look around it. You have to make it work, and you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. For it to work, you got to put in the work, okay? So keep that locked in, because that's definitely very, very true. Yeah. Um, yeah the key word is intentionality. Intentionality. Yeah, that's true. That's a very important key word as well, because, you know, you can put in the work, and it's not intentional um, for that friend or for that person or for yourself. Like, you might feel like you're overcompensating or you're doing something that you don't need to be doing. Um, so you have to be very intentional about being able to be like, okay, like, if this person is my friend, how can I meet them where they are? How can I, you know, really establish a friendship that feels purposeful and not just like, yeah, that's my friend, like, that I just kiki with from time to time, like, you want to be very purpose-driven when you have people that you call your friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you find that you are hitting roadblocks and having issues in these areas, it's probably because you're not doing one of these very things we just mentioned. That's true. And so with that, we're going to talk about like our very personal experiences about some of the roadblocks and challenges that we've hit the past couple years when it comes to friendships like even with I, each other even yeah. with each other we have that much literally we have tea for you today because even we me and esther on this you know platform right now we've had our roadblocks we've had our situations and like we're here to tell you about that too so you know absolutely i mean i think like the most work i've had to do when it comes to friendships has been within the last couple of years like mm -hmm. I, I like i feel like it was just much easier to get over stuff because like, high school drama was like eh. but like when you're in your 20s it was it, it it did require a lot of work so we're really gonna um talk openly and honestly from our personal experiences with you today and we hope you know this helps you and also you can do the same so yeah yeah i have friendships that have been tested um to a point of like they test who you are they're tested as in like they're tested to the point of like are you guys really friends but they're also testing in that they test who you are as a person and like you have to really think like hold up like am i like who like am i like just letting someone like walk all over me like am i like 
letting this person kind of like push me off a ledge kind of thing. Um, so like I've had those kind of friendships where it's like, you know, what is it? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Let me tell y'all, I went as far as fool me three times. What is that? Like, did anybody does anybody tell you what happened when you get fooled three times? It's like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, but um, it was definitely a double shame on me because it was like really though, like, you know. So I've had, you know, situations with friends um, that I wished the best and I wished well, like no grudge on my end at all. Um, but I just know that my character was being tested. My ability to love and be a good friend was being played a little bit and like that wasn't cool so you know that definitely does happen and you know um navigating through adult friendships that are you know tested in that way is very important like you have to think about like is this the kind of friendship that I want in my life? Is this friendship serve me purpose? Is this person serve me purpose? Mm -hmm. um, like it doesn't, just cause you decide to end a friendship doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're a virtual person, but rather you're doing what's best for you and for them. Because to some degree, being their friend might be enabling them. Being their friend might make them feel like they can just consistently try to play you, consistently try to use you as a crutch or whatever it is that they're doing. They're gonna feel like it is okay. You have opened the door, you have allowed it to happen. They can in and out in and out in and out and one thing that i've struggled with with my friendships too are like friendships that have not gone so well is just this ability that people feel like they can walk in and out in and out in and out of my life and i didn't i don't like that like that that i'd be especially because i put friendships at a very high pedestal at least used to um not used to right <laughs> I have, no, I mean certain like certain friendships. There's certain friendships that you're like, yeah, because I I told I gave myself this um told myself this quote like you put people too high on a pedestal and you can't reach them because mm. they just they're so far gone. You got them all the way up there. You you glorifying this friendship and you can't even reach it anymore. You can't reach them because you don't you, you're not tall enough. You haven't grown. They haven't grown or they've grown too much or whatever the case is, or it's just it, there's, the separation is so real that you can't even reach them anymore. Um, so that's why, like, I had to be mindful of putting people on pet pedestals. But my biggest thing was like people walking in and out and feel like they had that ability to just kind of like enter when they want, leave when they want, enter when they want, leave when they want, apologize when they want, leave when they want, play me when they want, leave when they want. That whole cycle, like that is what I mean by friendships being tested and how it would test you and make you realize like, like no, three strikes and you're out or not even the next friendship, no strikes and you're out. Like just, it is what it is. But I had to definitely learn that. Like I cannot allow people to have that kind of access to just be like, I can swing open the door when I feel like it and I can leave if I want to. And then I can swing it open again and be like, hey girl, hey, Kiki. Mm -hmm. bestie and then I can slow close the door again like no it, it's no not at all I mean you make a really really good point I know for me with one of my best friends um yeah our friendship was tested for like a good two almost three years of just constant conflict and I know for me like you know when I love, I love hard. It doesn't matter. Like, I am one of those people, like, when I say, like, you are, like, I don't use titles loosely. So if I say you're my friend, I really mean you're my friend. If I say you're my mm. best friend, I really mean you're my best friend. And I will go hard for you. I will be there for you. Um, and so when 
conflicts arises or like my feelings get hurt, I really get hurt like deeply. Right. And it can be hard for me to not only articulate that, but to also like let go of that hurt and pain. And so for me with one of my friends, it was like our friendship was tested, I think, just so one of the things I've learned about myself is that I pick up on things super quickly like so like when it comes to like maturing and stuff like that and like learning lessons like things will come to me super fast and for a long time I didn't realize that is just not the case for everyone right everyone learns things Mm -hmm. at their own pace and so I'm the kind of friend that if you ask me the honest truth, I will give it to you. So don't ask me if you don't want to hear it. And so I was giving advice to friends out of caring, but not realizing that because they weren't in a place to hear it. I was doing more damage than good. Right. And then on vice versa, for me, it was like, I don't like to be misunderstood or judged. Like those are the, like, if you really want to like trigger me, judge me with like assumptions, false assumptions. Like, and I know Carrie is <laughs> like, like, I like that part, by the way. <laughs> okay. Go you ahead. might need another bottle, but, um, like if you, I, I really like, if it's the biggest trigger for me is to approach me with assumptions that are yeah. not based on fact. Like I really get so mad and heated. It's like a different version of me comes out. Cause I, and I always tell people like, you've never seen me mad before. Like, Oh no, I'm not. I'm like, you've seen me passionate. You've seen me annoyed, but you've never seen me mad. Like to see me mad is like a different level. And mm-hmm. so for me with the person I'm speaking of specifically, like our friendship was tested because I felt judged. And I feel like there was a lot of assumptions that was being made about my life without ever asking me like questions and I also don't like loaded questions so it's like I'm one of those people it's like if you know me like if you know me don't ask me certain questions because I feel like if you ask me certain questions then you're asking me a base in judgment and for that person Mm -hmm. they also felt judged by me because Mm -hmm. I was giving them advice or like thinking Mm -hmm. I'm being a good friend when for them, they felt like I wasn't understanding where they were at, understanding the situation. And so the mis- miscommunication that was happening between the two of us caused our friendship to be tested. And it took literally like two, almost three years for us to yeah. come to the other side. It was like we tried talking and then it failed. We tried talking and then it failed. And then something else would happen. And it was a constant like conflict and it was like yo I love this person and I want it to work but we just kept missing each other and for for a while I was like yo maybe we're just not meant to be friends maybe this is just not meant to work out I mean thankfully we are like way past that and on the other side but sometimes the test is just that simple it's just miscommunication and not understanding and seeing each other Mm -hmm. where you are currently and judging each other based on who you were when you got to first meet each other versus where you are currently in your life i'm gonna take can we just yes and can we just actually hold on I think that is just perfect timing for us to slide in here with this um additional point or um, moment of experience so Esther hit the nail on the head like sometimes we are attached to people based on who they were when we met them 
and I am 100% one of those people. Um, yeah, 100%. And like, you know, for example, like, you know, in life, especially adult life, you know, we change and we grow. If you meet your friends in college, um, for the most part, if you're still friends, like all of my friends that I met in college freshman year, shout out to the class of 2014, um, at University uh, of uh, uh, Sophomore. <laughs> and Esther. <laughs> um, we are still friends and it's been 10 years since we've met each other. And for me and Esther, it's been nine years since we first met each other. Right? Um, but here's the thing though. When that made me feel people, so old. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes welcome to the club sis um but where well, yeah, when you first like meet these people we're all what six what no uh 18 19 right yeah maybe babies. 17 or 18 yeah we're babies and we're also excitable we're ready to like tackle the world drink hang out party we're by ourselves we're living on our own we're independent we live in the dorms like we are just like turned up and ready for life right so we bond on those things right and then as we move on throughout college we continue to bond on those things and then we graduate and when you graduate that's when more of the reality settles in and like with that comes life changes and life changes could be like you have a career that takes over your um, ability to communicate with friends like they were like yo this girl never picks up her phone at one point in my life and I still could attest this maybe she can hallelujah let me tell you <laughs> Carisha if you were dying don't call me I wouldn't pick up <laughs> Don't you that I was like, if yo, you, if, if I had one last phone call, you would not be it because I would be a rap. Like I would have been nah. a rap. You got yeah. better. You got, I got so much so, better. I got so, so much, much better. better. Like, you know, seriously though, like thank God for growth because I was trash. Like I was a trash friend. Like, mind you, I was a great time. We could all like call each other Kiki. But if I didn't want to speak to nobody that day, I don't care who it was. I was like, uh-uh. I ain't, I ain't picking the phone. <laughs> and it, the answer was my best friend. She was, she is still my person. You know, and like I have so many other friends, like and best friends as well, but they would call my phone and I'd be like, oh, uh, I'm going to fake sleep. And be like, hey, girl, so I was sleeping. Like, that was back in the day. This time, if I'm sleeping, I really am sleeping, y'all. So just for the friends out there watching, like, that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you're going to get a text message. <laughs> I know, you're going to be like, oh, girl, really? No, but for real, though, like, now, now as a grandma, I'm actually sleep, like, for real, for real. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the life changes of career or if, you know, you're dating and you're um, in adult, like, life or post-college life. When you're in college, you have a relationship and your friends are around, it's easier because you can go to the dorm, you can go there, you can go there. There, You're always in constant connection with your friends. But when you graduate college and you're in a relationship, it's a little different. You kind of end up tailoring a lot of everything that you do to that relationship. And then it ends up being that like, you may not hang out with your friends as much and consistently as you normally would. And that's where intentionality comes in. So yeah, like, you know, life changes can also test relationships and test where you are in relationships. Um, before I speak to a specific example, is there with us, is there anything you wanted to mention about life changes and testing um, relationships in that way, friendships in that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely want to say that because I think, I actually think this will help give context to us mm -hmm. and what happened with us is that, Good. so when I, when I came into college, like, what many people didn't know, because this was my fault, right? Because I didn't say yes, this. Yes, it but was. 
Mm. Anyways, what um, people didn't know is that I am a homebody. Like, honestly, most people are going crazy doing this quarantine. I am chilling like a villain. Like, <laughs> love being at home. Like, I like to go out. Don't get me wrong, because I, I do like to go out and I like to travel and I like to explore. But, like, when I'm the most comfortable is when I'm at home. But I had made a promise to myself that, hey, going to college, you're going to be more outgoing and be more open and try new things and step outside of your comfort zone. So many of my friends, even us, like we connected with, we connected through being resident assistants, but we also connected through partying and going out and exploring whatever. And so, boys, let's yes. be real, boys. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another day but um yeah so that that's what we many people got to know me as and so post so senior year by the time it's a senior year i was i was tired can we just hold on can we just pause i graduated by that time yes and this turned up life was like this because she was like oh okay she's gone kind of thing that's how i felt but go ahead (laughs) no but i i remember um with my friend Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. Hey, girl. Um, hey. We literally looked at each other when it was like, yo, we are seniors. We cannot go out like grandmas. We got to step it up. And so I stepped it up and did that. But after that was done, I was like, listen, I actually really don't like the club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like crowded place, places. I like get super uncomfortable with crowded places. Like I don't even think people realize because even when I was at the club and at, in, in like party places, I was always in the location that wasn't crowded where I could have my own space to move around close to exit signs. Like I just get super uncomfortable in those kind of spaces. So for me, what some people, like if you had gotten to know me in college, what could have been perceived as, oh, she's changing post-college right and then also with me being in a relationship like I think like a year after I graduated it looked like oh you're changing in your relationship this is a correlation where it was more like no I'm going back to my normal self because I'm tired of partying I can't drink like that my stomach is like no this hard liquor gotta stop and I don't like partying like that I can go out once in a while, but really, I'm a homebody, and I'd rather just go to brunch and have a deep conversation with you over wine than be at nobody's club. <laughs> so, right. that is true. I think because, but I never, and I'll take an ownership for this, particularly that from the get-go, so it, it created this perception of me changing as an individual where it was more like, no, I'm just being myself. Yes, it definitely did create the perception of change because I um, felt that. I felt that she changed. I did. I felt that. So I felt that for multiple reasons, though. So I felt it for the reason of um, the fact that you were going back to your normal self and it wasn't clearly communicated. This is always me kind of thing. But I also felt it because there was a specific time in my life where I feel like I needed I needed her in the way that I had her in college and that wasn't the same. So for, um, to just like be transparent, I was dating a guy, this is again, my last relationship. Um, 
So um, when we were, when things were getting rocky with us, first of all, when things were good, Esther had her, first of all, I dated my boyfriend first at the time. Um, she did it, then she dated her boyfriend, like, at the time, a couple, or, like, her boyfriend um, a couple months after. Like, so we were, like, bonding on that, like, yeah, girl, you know, my man, this, blah, 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 whatever. So when Esther would kind of be more, like, focused and zooming into her relationship, it didn't bother me because I was focused on zooming into my relationship. But once my relationship started to take a turn and like kind of dismantle and like things started to unravel, I really looked to my best friend, my person to be that like confidant and that, you know, solace that I can get to give me advice and to really support me. And like at that time when things weren't going well for me, I didn't feel like she was giving me what I needed at that moment. But in college, when I was dating another guy, I felt like she was able to give me exactly what I needed, when I needed it. Like, sometimes I didn't even have to speak. She just kind of was able to just speak for me and be able to, like, like do that. Like, do have a way of, like, not giving me advice to say, you should do this or you should, whatever. But, like, having a way to kind of understand where I'm going through and, and give me just what I needed to get me through whatever I was dealing with. And I feel like that wasn't the case as much now. And I blamed it on her, that like her um, life change as far as being in this new relationship. It was a very, it's a very strong relationship, like rooted and grounded, something that I craved. And I remember in our first episode, we talked a lot about comparing yourself. And I did mention a story about how I compared myself to Esther and like how, you know, she had a thriving relationship and I was like, yo, what's going on? Like why that's what I want. And that's not what I'm getting. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Like, so then that's when the compare the feelings of comparison came, the feelings of you you're not the you're not the same way that you were when we were in college and I feel like we were in tune and you were able to give me just what I needed and like that's probably because you're in this committed relationship and you don't care about your friends or like your friends are not as important to you or um that is more important to you and things like that so I definitely that like her the life change she experienced that I didn't really understand a lot about because I didn't know that this was like this is original it's there I'm just you know going back to my normal or whatever at the time I was like I need you this is not the time to go back to your normal if that is your normal this is the time for you to be college is there at like I had to understand at the time which I didn't because I was not in the right headspace to understand this that Esther the person the human being never changed she was always the same i wasn't in a place to receive what she was giving me but because my head was clouded with whatever i was going through i was like she a bad friend like i put her on this like i y'all i was bugging like for real i was like i put her on this pedestal and now i feel like we we're going apart like i remember when in january and it's funny because it was january 2020 Guys, this is recent. Like, I'm not telling you things. Like, everything I'm saying was not that recent, but what I'm about to say is recent. Like, the feelings of, like, we're drifting apart. You don't get me the way that you used to. Literally, we just had a conversation about this in January 2020. It is now May 2020. So please understand that, like, we had to do our work. We had to be intentional. We had to figure this out because then we wouldn't be here on a podcast with you because I wouldn't think that she could connect to me in the first place. But... In January 2020, I remember us having a conversation, and essentially that conversation was like, "Is there like she is the same person that you that I met in college?" At the time, I wasn't in the place to receive what I thought was the new Esther um, because of her life changes. Because my relationship sucked, um, I was like, "Oh, you know, she's in her relationship. That's more important to her, or whatever." Point blank period. But I had to realize like I wasn't in that place to receive that um, at the time. 
we had a conversation about it. I remember crying about it with her because I was like, you are my best friend. Like, I just, I don't like to feel this feeling of like, we are drifting, we're separating. Like, you don't get me. Like, you are my person. Like, I mean, girl, <laughs> like, girl, like, girl. So like, and I have other best friends, don't get me wrong. Um, but like, the the level in which they were able to get me, like, I was like, dang, am I losing that? Like, that's crazy. Like, you don't find people like that in like the world. Who was telling me that like, I'm here. I'm here for you. Like, I'm the same as there that you met. I know that you are not in a place right now to hear that and receive that and welcome that. And I'm here waiting for you when you're ready to get to that place. Um, but definitely that was hard. I, we had some unspoken expectations. At least I had unspoken expectations of Esther. I expected her to do and say things that I never communicated to her because I figured you just know me. And I want to speak to that because you may have a best friend right now who you feel she just knows me. He just knows me. Yes, they probably do. But that does not mean that you get to have unspoken expectations. Mm -hmm. That does not mean you get to walk around like, oh, you know me like the back of my hand. You don't get to say what you need and what you want in that time. When I was going through it, I never told Esther what I needed and what I wanted at that time. But I had an expectation from her that she was going to deliver something that I never communicated that she should be delivering. So she was like, yeah. what do you want from me? I remember you saying this. He was like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Remember, she was like, yes, she was like, damn if I do, damn if I don't. Like, if I give you this, you don't want it. If I give you this, you don't want it. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. And I'm like, but you're supposed to just know. <laughs> oh, I will never forget that. I was like, you're supposed to just know. You're my person. You're supposed to just know what I need. And then you're like, Carrie, I cannot possibly know what you need. And I was like. No, but I think, like, some, some background <laughs> context will also help because, this is the thing too about the, even the unspoken expectations in life changes is that when we met, we were in college in the same state. So I live in Connecticut. Shorty lives in New York. Okay. Yep. Two different states. But when we met, we were both in school in Connecticut and we, be, we met by being RAs. And we got to avoid troubles. <laughs> like we literally, it's like, oh, I'm just walking to your room. Like yes. we literally yeah. would just walk to each other's rooms and also, at the time, our guys were best friends. Also, yes, they were. <laughs> Literally, this is a, this is this was not on purpose. It just happened to happen that way. Like it yeah. wasn't like it uh, actually wasn't on purpose. It ended up being like, no. oh, you. Told it was a random coincidence. Yeah, yeah. It was a random coincidence that there was no the two up. people. There was no yeah, the yeah. two people were dating happened to also be friends with each other. So understanding each other in the situation was so much easier because we're literally we literally with each other all the time like yeah. we would stay up till all hours of the morning with each other so then when we go back to regular life she goes back to new york and i'm still in connecticut and so you start this new relationship which at the time because of situations that happened in your past you naturally kept your relationship to yourself so i'm literally going from one day to she's happy everything is chilling to the next day it's like oh everything's falling apart and <laughs> so i'm like wait where's the in between so i'm trying to put two and two together and then on top of that i'm like exploring my at the time new relationship and so 
I think that based on how we were in college, the expectation was I was going to get you to the same level. But in college, I also knew the person you were with better. So it was easier to understand why A and B equals C or is not you know, working out or whatever the case may be. Because the thing is, I'm not the kind of friend who will ever tell you what to do. I don't believe in that. I'm more like, I'm just going to support you through where you're at. But because I also understood where you were at emotionally, I knew what buttons to not touch and push. But the difference is this time, you wanted me to like push those buttons. And so (laughs) at one point, I remember I actually like went against what I normally do. And I gave you advice and she was pissed. She was like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'm like, and then I remember, um, I felt bad because I'm like, yo, I'm in Connecticut and I know you're going through this tough situation and you're yeah. like, and the thing is I cried over you so many times. Like there was one yeah. point where you, you, <laughs> you don't play. No, but there was one point where you called me crying over your situation, and I couldn't even talk to you because I started crying. I'm like, oh, man, she's hurting, and so I start crying. I'm like, well, that's unproductive, and so I'm like, okay, I'm in a whole different state, and I need to be there for you, so then I started, like, calling you all the time, and then you're like, you're suffocating me, and then at one point, I pull back. You're like, you're not there. I'm like, yo. (laughs) That is a fact. It's like, yo, what do you want me to do? And so I think that it was really, um, we were spoiled. Like, we were spoiled in college. Yeah. And I think when we got into the real world. We were spoiled with the accessibility. Yeah. And I think when we got into the real world, we literally did not know how. How to navigate. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly the whole reason why we're talking about this. Like, we did not know how to navigate. And so, and then you had, and I had expectations of you that I never communicated. So I think one of the things I will say is that I am always like the strong friend. I'm like the person everybody comes to for their stuff, but I suck, really suck at saying, Hey, I actually need you too. So I would never. Yes, she did. So I would never say I would never say, hey Carrie, I'm like, I need you, but I expected you to just be there, which was completely unfair because I would never say, hey, I need this and I need that. And I just always like and I would just feel away. And I remember, um, oh my God, it was your birthday. And I sent you like things were so we were in such a like awkward place. I was like, I don't um and I had sent you a message about not be able to come mm-hmm. to your birthday. Uh-huh. And then you called me up like, bitch! <laughs> I did it. This was last year, bro. <laughs> no, that was two years ago. No, this is... Oh! Yeah. Oh, yes. It was a salty patty. Oh, my God. Call me a potato chip because I was lazy, Like, <laughs> I knew you were mentally not in a good place but because i had learned from the previous relationship i mentioned earlier that you cannot talk to people like you can't force people to to get out of the situation they got to get themselves out there and then also you cannot give unsolicited advice and you Mm -hmm. can't just because you like because it's easy when you're on the outside to have an objective perspective of anybody else's situation but when you're in it you are cloudy like we're all guilty of it i mean i've been there like you know 
<laughs> you know, we've all been there. Like, you're dating the wrong guy. Everybody's like, what is she doing with him? And then, but you're like, what are y'all talking about? Like, we've That's all, my husband. <laughs> yeah, we've all done it. So, because I had learned that lesson of like, yo, you got to respect where people are at. I was trying not to push you. So I was just like, yo, girl, I'm here. I'm always going to be here. I love you. I'll just chill until you get to the other side. But it's like, how do you say that without coming off like a like a, asshole? Yeah, that's no, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but you're right. Like, it, like I, even as I processed, I was like, dang, that does kind of sound messed up. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, I'm always here. But it's almost like I'm always here when you're ready. I'm here versus like, I'm here, you're there, get your life, come to me. No, it was more like, I'm here, like, and I'm always going to be here. I know that you are not in a place to process that, but when you process, process sorry, when you process that, I'm here. And, absolutely, you know, I'll be there for you. Yeah, girl. So we say all that to say that, like, you do have to, even if it is your best friend, your person, like, we always joke that, you know, she's the merited great to my Christina Yang, but um, you still, even with the closest person in your life or not, you still have to be very clear in communicating what the expectations are. So we have so many great topics. I mean, like this conversation can go on and on and on. And because of that, we're actually going to pause here and like try to come up with a part two of this conversation because it is so juicy to just think about how to navigate adult relationships um, and friendships, mainly friendships in um, your adult life. So we're going to come back next week with a part two of this series. So hope that you're able to join us. Don't forget to subscribe, link, comment and also share with your friends um, who also would like to hear about how to navigate adult um, friendships in their life so thank you so much for listening to part one of this stay tuned next friday for part two bye bye